Welcome to Hospitality Forward, a podcast where hospitality and travel professionals learn how to earn the media spotlight. My name is Hana Lee. I am president of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning public relations agency in New York City. And I'm Michael Anstendig, editor-in-chief at Hana Lee Communications and a food and beverage writer. As a journalist myself and Hannah as a PR professional, we understand the power of media coverage and its impact on someone's career and business. That's why we launched our podcast to help our industry rebuild and rebound by interviewing top journalists who share their insights and tips for gaining the media's attention. In this episode, we're delighted to chat with Amanda Schuster. Amanda is a freelance writer with more than 15 years of experience covering wine, spirits, cocktails, and occasionally things one eats with those libations. A trained sommelier turned booze writer, her work appears in Forbes, Imbibe Magazine, 750 Daily, and other top outlets. She's also the author of the book, New York Cocktails. Hi, Amanda. Thanks for joining us today. So great to see you, albeit virtually. Thanks for having me. So you've had a fascinating career getting your start on the wine side of the beverage scene. Uh, you were a sommelier and a buyer for Astor Wines and Spirits and Morel. So how did you transition to become an accomplished cocktail and spirits writer and an author? It's interesting because that happened um, during the last major crisis in our lives, the big financial crisis. When I was working for Morel, I could, I actually physically saw everyone at Lehman Brothers getting fired in their cafeteria from our office window. And I knew that something big was about to happen, obviously, <laughs> with everybody hugging and crying and that, and that that was going to mean you know, a big change in the way we did business in the wine and spirits community. And it was. And um, but that effectively ended my career on the retail side, um, which is fine because I was ready. I, you know, I was getting older and it was it was a lot of it was a lot of hard work that I wasn't physically able to do anymore. So and I'd always been a writer and I'd been sort of discovered a little bit from the from the um, shelf talkers that I wrote for Aster. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, that actually started my first, my first published article in a whiskey magazine. And it just kind of, I crawled my way up from there. It was a very hard struggle because that was a time when, you know, just as, as people who had been, um, successful lawyers or successful, successful accountants or, or, um, people working in finance were changing what they wanted to do or just deciding that life wasn't worth that kind of job. And they wanted to do something that was a lot more enjoyable to them and, and started like craft distilleries or, 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 you know, or opened restaurants and bars and, and that sort of thing. Um, you saw the start of all of these wine blogs and all of these spirits blogs, right? I mean, that's really like two, two, 2009, 2010 is when that happened. So I kind of got, you know, got into that slipstream. And actually, I remember meeting you at the Tales of the Cocktail at a tasting room. And since then, we developed our friendship. And, and it's so wonderful to, yes. you know, get to know you and also, you know, seeing you, um, you know, becoming such a great writer in our industry. And as a writer, um, what has been most challenging for you um, during this pandemic? Deciding a good tone, really setting setting a good tone, and 
do people are people tired of of you know really serious articles about and, and about being shown what's the the um, decay of of the industry or do they do they need something a little fluffier do they need do they need to to be transported to a different place is it okay not to write about something if it's too hard um, and just general writer's block I mean these these are all things that that those of us in my position are really dealing with is is you know what stance do we take and 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 do we have to take a stance can we can we keep on doing what we were doing is it is it relevant anymore but then despite the challenges you've been writing a lot for Forbes and as a fan of the Gibson cocktail i was so delighted to uh see your story on do it yourself cocktail onions <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited to try making those for for Hannah and I because we're 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 both oh, Gibson fans and we we love our cocktail onions. So you've covered a really wide range of of stories and topics, uh, especially for Forbes most recently. How do, how do you come up with these ideas? They're really you know wide ranging. And how far in advance do you work? Right now, I'm thinking about okay, if I'm stuck in lockdown or or I you know really feel like I need to learn something, you know what do I what do I want to read? What would I want to read? If I didn't know about it, and so I'm, I'm actually right now trying to shine a light on on fun little products. Like I, I just recently wrote about slow gin, and because there really isn't a whole lot of information about slow gin, or people don't really understand what it is, or or why it's good and why it can be good, um, especially here in the states. I mean, obviously it's a really huge product in the UK, but but here it's not so much. But but there are slow gins. So why are there slow gins, and why should we taste them? Um, you know, and I like writing about wine and and talking about you know little indigenous grapes that that nobody really gets into that much, or or um, I don't know, just the stuff that interests me. And I feel like reading and writing about because I haven't yet, or I want to I want to revisit. That's that's the main thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, your stories are always. Uh, educational, but also entertaining. So in coming months, what kinds of stories will you be working on so that our listener can potentially pitch you? Um, well, I'm actually writing something very interesting about Green Bar Distillery in Los Angeles. And they not only decided facing the struggles that so many small distilleries have been facing, not only to start producing their own ready-to-drink um, line of beverages that using the spirits that they make in house, but they actually invested in an entire canning facility oh, so that they could, yeah, so that they, I mean, so they'll be making a serious profit from this instead of, instead of just, you know, coasting along and surviving. And it, it got me really interested in these other distilleries who are making RTDs out of, pro, out of, um, things that they already make, you know, like St. Agrestis here in Brooklyn, you know, they have their own Amaro, but what's really flown off the shelves is their Amaro in their ready to drink Negronis and, and spritzes and other products. Yeah. Convenience is definitely a, a priority during the pandemic. Convenience, but it should taste good. I mean, I think the problem with a lot of these RTDs is that they're just okay <laughs> and they can be better than okay. Other than RTD, um, are there any other topics that you'd be interested in writing about? I mean, history is always interesting, right? And especially since since right now, history is, there, there's so many things that we can learn from history to inform the way we're living now. 
um, recipes, you know, things like the cocktail lemons, you know, just recipe recipes that that are useful to us. Information that's useful to us is really what I'm interested in. <laughs> When someone is pitching you, I know you get a lot of emails every single day, probably hundreds and hundreds of them. So yes. what are the three most important things that you want to see in the pitch letter? Know what you're talking about is is number one. I mean, I can't tell you how many pitches I get where somebody states something as fact and it it definitely isn't fact. In fact, I got one yesterday from somebody and I'm not going to say who. It was very surprising, but they said they said that their place made up this cocktail. And I was like, okay, an article just published today saying that that cocktail is over 20 years old. <laughs> so no. <laughs> um, and, and the other thing is I want, I just want concise information and I want, and I want all of the assets in that first email. Show me a link to pictures that to, um, to images that isn't going to expire because it's probably going to be a couple of weeks or a maybe even a couple of months until I get to it. Um, how much is it going to cost? You know, so I can't tell you how many pitches I get where they don't tell me how much, you know, what the SRP is. Why is that not in the, in the email? So those are the three things for me is know it, show it, <laughs> and, and how do people get it? <laughs> very, very good advice. So I know, you know, so many people like us who have a wonderful relationship with you. But for those of our listeners that perhaps don't have this personal connection, what's the best way to cultivate one in order to pitch you? Uh, I mean, it's gotten to the point where, now where I know I'm, I'm being fluffed up. <laughs> you know? And um, so I had a, had a cultivate a relationship with me. I mean, you know, okay. So I'll tell you a story. So, I'll try to make it, I'll try to make it brief, but I transitioned, as you know, from, from one gig to another very suddenly in, in November into December. And I kept my old email open saying, if you really want to keep pitching me, here's how to reach me. Cause I wasn't able to send out a whole thing to everybody just explaining what was going on. And, uh, I received an email from a person that I'd never really worked with before. And we had a story going that unfortunately I was not able to deliver because of that situation. And, um, instead of, you know, instead of, um, being really aggressive and going after me, this person said, Hey, are you okay? Um, you know, this must be really hard on you. Is there, is there anything I can do? And she said, let's have a call. And I thought, oh God, the call is going to be to steamroll me into writing about this product that I'm just not really prepared to do. And then all the call was, was to just say, Hey, here's, here's what I do. Here's, here are the services that I can provide. Now, how can I, how can I tell people to contact you or, or to get in touch with you to see if you can find some decent work right now? And that was amazing. And so, yeah, that's that. I'm always going to remember that person and think of her when I'm writing something. I, mean, I definitely agree. The uh, pandemic has brought out the best in people and, well, sometimes not always the best. Yeah. But but one of the silver linings that we're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, especially in challenging times like these, is innovation, especially in our hospitality industry. Yes. And beyond cocktails to go. What kinds of innovations are you seeing that you think are most promising and that you think will will survive into the coming years? 
I mean, I'm wearing one of them, you know, the, this t-shirt fights cancer for, for Chris Patino. I mean, I, I think having merch for people to buy, it's amazing. It's amazing how many people really do want that bar t-shirt or that tote or that coaster or whatever it is. I mean, and so it's not that expensive to, to make those things and you can actually make a profit from them. So that's, that's a great innovation that I don't know why you know, more bars weren't doing earlier. It's really funny. Dive bars were doing it. I have a bunch of dive bar t-shirts from way before this ever happened, but, but regular cocktail bar t-shirts, no. <laughs> um, it's tough. I mean, but I think the to-go thing is, is the biggest is to make yourself and, and to make it scalable. I mean, I don't, a lot of us are living alone. I don't want to buy a $75 cocktail when all I need is one drink. That's great. And I think back to the, you know, merchandising items uh, um, that you point out. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people want to support their favorite local bars and their bartenders. So, you know, I'm sure everybody has a plenty of t-shirts at home, but I think it's more like a good gesture. You know, they want to support the bars and, and try to help them. Yeah. And I love like Katana Kittens, you know, limited edition glassware during the holidays and things like that. That's always a good idea. Right. <laughs> bartenders and bar owners are getting very creative. You know, they are looking for additional, yes. you know, revenue source and, you know, merchandising their brand, like, you know, t-shirts, hats, and glassware. That is a great way to connect with the customers, but also, you know, bring extra revenue. Definitely. All right, so now we are moving on to books. So you are also an accomplished author and, and we enjoyed interviewing you for our agencies. Ask the author series on your book, New York Cocktails. So tell us, what was your inspiration for the book? Uh, the inspiration for the book was that my, was that the publisher called me and said, you have six weeks to write this book. Do you want to do six it? Six weeks? <laughs> that's, uh, that's very ambitious. Wow. Yes. Um, and it was, and it was quite a whirlwind, but, but the reason I, and I would have said no, cause I was busy, but really I thought about it and I was like, well, this is a terrible thing to ask of an author because, you know, normally we would like a little time to research, right? We would, we would like some time to, to acquire the right information and, and get it right. And, and to, um, and to make it something that people want to read. But then I thought, you know what? I've spent my whole career writing New York cocktails. I can do this. I can, I can just call in some favors to these bars and say, hey, I can't come right now. But, it, you know, I was there two weeks ago. Can we can, can I just get the recipe for this cocktail now and, and we'll and we'll talk about it later. And yeah, that's kind of how it worked. And we love the book. And yeah, I it's think, a great read. Yeah, we've been recommending the books to Thank some you. of our friends who is coming to New York City or for those who are looking for gifting. And then also we heard a rumor that you have a new book coming out in 2022. So can you give us a scoop? Yeah. Well, this is interesting. So we wouldn't have been able to have this interview this time last year because this time last year, I was very busy visiting something like 15 bars a week doing research for this book that I thought, again, I was going to have a very, not six weeks this time. I had a bit more of a lead time, but um, um, a book about, about drinking and locals. And it was meant to be sort of a travel guide, a, a bar travel guide that looked a bit like the J. Peterman catalog from the 1990s. It's illustrated. 
And it was it was really just supposed to be about, you know, if you go to this neighborhood, here are the bars that you should visit or or some of the bars next to them and focusing on one particular bar and, and a little blurb about it. And it was really fun to work on. But I felt that as an ambassador to New York City, I should really get out there and explore neighborhoods I don't necessarily know because that's where locals live, right? So I went out to the the Bronx and I, you know, I had planned to go even farther out into the Bronx and unfortunately um, the pandemic curtailed that. But um, yeah, so it was, I mean, I don't know what this book is going to look like now. Um, we, it was my decision, not the publisher's decision to put it on pause last year for obvious reasons. And it's still on pause. So I, I, it, yes, it's happening, but, but is this going to be a history book? Is this, is, I don't, we don't know what it's going to be yet. We haven't really decided, but the original, unfortunately, the original intent is not happening. Mm. So what's the title of the book? Drink Like a Local. Love it. Yeah. We definitely see a theme here of the Big Apple and cocktails. Yes. So obviously you were born and raised in the city. Yeah. Do you see yourself branching out to other areas of interest or are you going to stick to Gotham? No, I would love to branch out to other areas of interest. I mean, there are so many of them, right? There, there are a lot of, there are a lot of things to write about. And I've even, I mean, I actually have three quarters of a fiction book written that I've never done anything with that I need to revisit. So that's something too. Oh, fiction. <laughs> and not necessarily about New York. Okay. Well, as you know, there's a lot of bartenders and bar owners and chefs who want to write a book. And, uh -huh. you know, some of them, they have a book in them, you know, so yes. oh, God, as yes. an accomplished writer and author, what advice would you give to our listeners who want to write a book? What have you not seen yet? And why do you think that would be interesting to us? And, and to, you know, when I was writing my book, the best advice I got was when I interviewed David Wondrich. Never forget this. We were having Boilermakers at the Brooklyn Inn. <laughs> on a very, very cold night. And he was excited that I was finally getting to write a book. And But his advice was to find your own voice. Don't try to mimic somebody else's. And that was the best advice I could get. Just just write what's in your heart and, and say it the way you would say it as if you were speaking to somebody. Excellent That's advice. It. You know, Dave always gives the best advice. Yeah. Um, we call our podcast Hospitality Forward because we believe in the future of our industry. And I think, you know, all of us are very, very resilient people. And we know that our ind industry will come back stronger than ever. So in your opinion, is there anyone or any organization that who's doing really great work and um, is moving hospitality forward? Well, um, I'm actually writing, I'm the editor of a newsletter for an organization called Thirst. And, um, and what Thirst is trying to do is to work with government legislators so that closed businesses can finally collect on the insurance that they've paid into for years and years and years, the business interruption insurance. And there are all of these like very tricky little loopholes that have um, that have given insurance companies what they think is an excuse not to pay out on these insurances when in fact they probably should and could. Um, so that's, that's really a big one is I think is really to change the laws. I mean, a lot of our laws are so arcane or they're, they were set up deliberately to put a roadblock into the very situation that we're living in now. That's great. Yeah. 
And now for the listener segment question of our show, we have a question from Deke Dunn, Bar Supervisor at Allegory at the Eaton Hotel in Washington, D.C. He thinks D.C. has an amazing cocktail community, but it's definitely a small market. Deke would like to know if you have any suggestions for bartenders and bars from smaller markets to garner the attention of larger publications. I mean, one of the ways is, you know, there are so many great groups right now on social media. I mean, like Thirsty, for example, not Thirst, what I, what I just described, but Thirsty, mm-hmm. um, the, the Facebook group that is pretty easy to join. You know, a lot of, a lot of um, journalists, you know, if they're writing a cocktail roundup, it's like, hey, give me your recipes for, for this sour cocktail or for a toddy or something. And that's, and that's a great way to get into a publication, um, you know, just, just by contributing you know, a recipe and a unique recipe. Um, I love getting pitches about places that I've never heard of and something that they're doing. And so it, it, you know, just, I think a lot of the problem with, with bartenders is they're bartenders and they're great bartenders and they make great drinks, but they're not so great at self-promotion because that's never had to be a part of the job. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they don't feel comfortable, you know, getting something out there into into you know whatever you're calling this sphere that we're, that we're talking into the drink sphere just because they don't have the confidence to do it um, which is a shame so I think I think just my suggestion is to is if you think you've made something really great tell someone Absolutely. Love it. and I think that's one of the reason that we you know, started this podcast because there's a lot of people have a great story in them, but they don't yeah. know how to get to someone like you. So we wanted to, you know, interview, you know, top journalists and so that they can share the insights and tips. And then, you know, hopefully they will inspire and encourage our industry people to be able to say, I think I can pitch Amanda with my story. Okay, I can do this, you know. So we just want to encourage them to to tell your story. And also, I would think, I would also think on the media side, there's, there's more of an interest in sources from smaller markets than has ever been before. I mean, it used to be very concentrated in the big cities, but I think there's a recognition that there's a lot of interesting stuff going on across the country in the cocktail sphere. Absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's great that the spotlight is getting shined in a lot of different places. Yeah. So before we go, what's the best way for our listeners to contact you to pitch their ideas? Twitter or Instagram, I guess. Um, slide into my DMs. God, I think this is the first time I've ever said that out loud. <laughs> but, uh, um, so it's Wine and Shine, W-I-N-E-N-S-H-I-N-E. My old handle from from before when I used to do both jewelry and wine. Um, <laughs> ah, that's where the name comes from. That's where the name comes from. Wine and shine. <laughs> I like that, but I was Thank wondering. You. Yeah, follow me and and talk to me. Great, Amanda. It's been so great speaking with you, and we wish we can speak more. But uh, hopefully, we will meet in person and and yes, share please. a cocktail or two. And um, I know we've been talking about this for months, but. Let's make it happen. We want to come and see you. Thanks so much for your time, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Love Amanda. She's such a pro. Now that you know what Amanda is looking for, please feel free to pitch her your story ideas. And of course, mention that you heard her on our podcast. We have a lot of exciting media guests in the pipeline as well. So please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, or your favorite podcast app. Please leave a review and tell your friends and colleagues. See you next week. Until then, join us as we move hospitality forward together.